Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Timeline Astrology. Welcome back to the Timeline Astrology podcast. Today, my guest is Ronnie Dreyer. Ronnie has been on the show before. We talked all about the eclipses of 2020. And I asked her back on to talk about the eclipses of this year, 2021. Ronnie Dreyer is an internationally known astrological consultant, a lecturer and teacher specializing in both Western and Indian astrology. And she's based in New York City. So I was very pleased to have Ronnie back on the show to talk all about the eclipses that are occurring in Taurus and Scorpio, that is sidereal Taurus and Scorpio. And I hope you enjoy. Yeah, it's great to talk to you about the eclipse, because when I think about the eclipses, I actually now think of you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, who, who would I speak to about eclipses? I'm kind of thinking, yeah, no, Ronnie, of course. So that's why, I, you know, I think it's a great thing that you're, we're connecting again about the eclipses this year, because we've already had one, of course, the full moon, total lunar eclipse in Scorpio, quite an intense one. And we're in the middle of these two eclipses now with the upcoming one on June 10th and the first thing I thought of asking you was when you're looking at any given year how do you how do you approach it like you can be as specific or as general as you want but when you look at a year like 2021 how do you approach the eclipses and what you're going to be looking at right um okay so I mean there's obviously a lot to say about eclipses you can say say it from an astronomical point of view and you can also say it um, you know, from an astrological point of view. So, um, you know, so, so when I look at that, um, you know, from for, let's say, a certain year, um, you know, one of the first things I, one of the first things I actually do look at is just to say, okay, are we having, you know, total eclipses? Are we having partial eclipses? Because especially from an astrological point of view, when you have total eclipses or annular eclipses, like the next solar eclipse is going to be, which I'll explain, then what happens is that the nodes, which I work with a lot, according with the eclipse degree and the nodes, the node and the eclipse degree are much closer together when you have a total eclipse or an annular eclipse, as opposed to a partial eclipse. And as we discuss these four eclipses, um, that are occurring this year, and I talk about the nodes, you'll see what I mean. But um, especially from the fact that, well, we have to bring in the last two of 2020, but okay. So when I look at these eclipses, the first thing that I, um, you know, that I see, you know, is the fact that, first of all, the one we just had was a total eclipse. Um, and that was really, that was a lunar and it was the first total lunar eclipse since January 2019. Actually, since then, we've only had um, partial eclipses. So this one, which, you know, is called like the blood moon eclipse, because, because it's total, you could see that red, you know, that red color, which is what we had in 2019, January, with a few of them back to back in 2018 and 19. So that's the first thing I see. Wow, we have a total eclipse. Um, and it's the first one in a, in a while. And then the one on June 10th, 
um, that one is also an annular eclipse, which is very close to the nodes. And then in November 2021, we have another lunar that's partial and a December 4th solar, which is total. So that's the first thing I look at when I look apart. Okay, we have a couple, you know, total eclipses um, or with the annular one, the solar, they're, they're close. And then I look at the lunar and solar, see if there are four or like last year there were five. So this year we have, um, and because we have every six months, two eclipses. Sometimes we have three. Like last summer, we had three um, in June, June and July, but mostly they are two, and then in six months, another two. The one in May, which just passed, was a lunar, so we have a lunar and a solar, um, and then we have in November and December, again, a lunar and a solar. Sometimes we have a solar and a lunar. This time, it's lunar to solar, which means we're going from, we're going into a waning cycle. With, with the eclipses. So we have a lunar to, to solar, which is full moon to new moon now. Right now we're in the midst of that eclipse period. And then we will have the same in November, December. So that's what I look at first. Um, and then I'm gonna look at the signs that they're in. Um, and I am gonna look at the nakshatras, but that, that comes a little last. But the, the, the reason these are of course important is that you know they follow the nodes, the no, in a sense, because um, the nodes occur in a sign, you know, every year and a half, every, you know, 18 months or so, we get the, um, you know, the node, nodal cycle. And so the eclipses, um, you know, are also pretty much in the same signs um, as that. So when we look uh, this year, um, you know, for instance, we, have all the eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio, um, which we also had in November 30th and December 14th. So that's what happens. You get eclipses that are going to be in the same sign, um, you know, for about a year and a half, but sometimes they'll switch back and forth um, before they go permanently into one sign for about a year and a half. But the Taurus Scorpio ones, um, the reason these have been interesting is that they really have been only in Taurus and Scorpio. So the, the lunar eclipse of November 30th, uh, 2020, I have to start with that one because that one is very still connected with all of these eclipses. And that one was at 14 Taurus. The lunar eclipse means that since it was on November 30th, the moon was at 14 Taurus because it's a full moon, it's a lunar. And then December 14th, 2020, um, the solar eclipse was 29 Scorpio. So that's why these were only in Taurus and Scorpio because the one on December 14th was on the very last degree. Normally it might go you know, into uh, the next, it might've stayed in the previous degree. So it might've been in Sagittarius instead of Scorpio, but because it was 29, it was in Scorpio. Um, and then this last eclipse, May 26th, the one we had last week, that was also a full moon, so it was 11 Scorpio. The solar eclipse of June 10th, which is coming up next week, that's going to be a 25 Taurus. The lunar on November 19th is going to be a 3 Taurus. The solar, December 4th, is going to be at 18 Scorpio. So we've actually had six eclipses 
one after another in Taurus and Scorpio. Um, and which is a little odd because like I said, the one on December 14th at 29 Scorpio, normally that might've been at like one or two degrees of Sag. So it would have slipped into the sign previous. Okay. So that's kind of an interesting, um, an interesting bunch of eclipses you know, by sign alone. Because um, then when we go into, um, you know, April 2022, for those next four eclipses of 2022, it's going to be in Aries, but then we're going to have one on um, May 16th that's going to slip back into Scorpio, but one degrees. You know, like I said, that would have been normally the one in December where it would have gone. So we're going to have one more Taurus and Scorpio after this one next year, but then it's going to be permanently in Aries and Libra. Now that's very, that's a lot of Taurus and Scorpio, mm -hmm. you know, um, in the, with these eclipses. So that's, um, so you ask me what I look at. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. I that's, that's the very story. first layer of many, many ah, layers. a long story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sure, like, because it's like, it is a long story. It is a, like, like, when we think about the nodes, I guess, and the, the, the arc that they draw, and you think about the sun, moon, earth relationship, it's like the whole arc of our experience, you know, the, co the cosmic arc, you know? It's mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. that's why it's such a long and evolving story, and that's what they represent, our evolution, really, where we're coming from, where we're going to, what we're developing. Right. But, we could talk more about the Taurus Scorpio. I really wanted to kind of talk more about that. But I want to just go back to what you said there about the fact that this year's eclipses are lunar than solar. So it's the waning cycle on both occasions. Can you say a little bit more about that and what that might suggest? Well, you know, one of the best books to um, look at really for a, a whole chapter on eclipses is Briyat Samhita which is Varaha Mahira, and that is from the sixth century. And that book is a, you know, kind of an amalgamation of a lot of different things. Um, and it's not him writing originally only. A lot of the things in his texts come from previous centuries um, and they're all kind of put in together. And some things are his original, of course. Um, but he does have one chapter you know, on like the transits of each of the planets of the Grahas and um, the chapter on uh, Rahu uh, is about, um, mostly about eclipses. Uh, and so a lot of the information you'll get, now some of it of course is hard to apply, but it's chapter five. Um, and the thing is, is that even in um, this particular text, um, you know, he does say, that should a solar eclipse occur at the end of the four, and again, I'm reading the translation book I have, it's not my mm -hmm. own translation. Should a solar eclipse occur at the end of the fortnight after a lunar, people would become unruly and unjust in their behavior. Um, and couples, you know, would uh, have problems. Um, and then should a lunar take place at the end of the next fortnight after a solar, um, it says the Brahmins would perform, perform, sorry, many sacrifices and be blessed with the fruit thereof and all the subjects would be happy and contented. So really what he's saying is that if you have an eclipse and, you know, it starts with uh, the solar and goes to the lunar, it, you know, kind of acts like you would normally expect a waxing cycle to be, you know, that it would be fruitful, um, you know, and the waxing cycle 
would then be, um, you know, very uh, productive. Whereas if you go from a full moon to a new moon, because, you know, the new moon is dark. So if you go from the full moon to the new moon or the lunar to the solar, um, you know, it's not going to be, um, you know, as fruitful. Now, I have to say that in, in all honesty, that it sounds really great in theory, <laughs> but it doesn't always, I don't know, it doesn't seem to always, um, you know, work out that way. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, just, you know, what I'll say. I mean, it doesn't mean to say that just because something is in a text, you know, that, um, you know, we think that it has to always, um, you know, follow and be perfect that way. Mm -hmm. But I do find that, you know, um, you know, as a general rule, you know, if you want to talk about that, um, the only reason, you know, the, one of the reasons I say that is also because if you go back to um, the December, you know, December 2019, there was an eclipse December 26, 2019, that was a solar. Um, and that was one of the ones that I, I did think that it really kind of portended for not such nice things in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we talked about this last year. And then the January 10th eclipse, 2020, was a lunar. So that did go in a waxing cycle. But that was really when, you know, it started to become known that there was this virus, you know. So mm -hmm. I don't know in that case. Right. It's interesting that, when you think about the the increase and decrease, the waxing and waning, and even in that sense, and where where you where you were looking at that eclipse in December 2019, and that then led to a full moon a lunar eclipse. That kind of increase of that. What I found really interesting as well is just looking at even though it's not an eclipse, but the next full moon we've just had a full uh, a total lunar eclipse. The next full moon on the 24th of June mm -hmm. is at the same degree as that eclipse at nine degrees of Sagittarius. So I kind of mm -hmm. thought. Okay, it's not an eclipse, but at the same time, are we at some sort of culmination point or are we at some turning point in this pandemic, perhaps, you know, in June? It's, it's, it's interesting when you look at, because when you look at the eclipses, obviously, and I'm sure you are always um, considering the eclipses, but every lunar phase, every full mm. moon and new moon each month. Um, so that was something I thought was interesting. But one other, one other thing I, I remember Camilla Sutton mentioned about, you know, this, I don't know if you found this to be true yourself, is that when there's a lunar followed by a solar, she says something like that it's more worldly concerns as opposed to the solar than the lunar, more like spiritual uh, issues. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just like you just said, it's like the waning, right? It's the waning of the moon. And so there's maybe more uh, what she would say, worldly concerns, maybe issues on the planet. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, my biggest problem with some of that is that it, it sounds really great in theory, but I just don't find it always works out that way. But I do find that it is interesting that the last bunch of eclipses, um, you know, are from lunar to solar. So we are dealing with that, um, you know, that tendency right now. And the thing is, is that when you look at the eclipses from um, last year, um, you know, because as I said, there were, um, you know, three eclipses, um, you know, last year in the summer. So we had, um, you know, the one that the first one after the December and January one, we had one at um, June 5th, and that was a lunar. So it went from lunar to solar, 
on June 21st, and then it went from solar to lunar on July 5th. So we had uh, we had a whole month of, you know, we had the eclipses run the gamut of a lunar month. Um, you know, so that was that's always kind of an interesting one because when you have three eclipses, obviously one of them is gonna be lunar to solar and the other is gonna be solar to lunar. Yeah, unless it starts with a solar, then it goes from solar to lunar and then lunar to solar. But, you know, it kind of runs that, um, you know, runs that gamut. But these coming up, you know, the one from last November, the one from last week, May, the one on November 19th, they are all lunar to solar. And then next year, of course, we're not really going to go into 2022, but 2022 does start a solar to lunar. So um, that's why I do think that's part of the reason I do think 2022 we're going to have recovery. You know, this year it's kind of going teeter, you know, it goes back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, because, you know, in America, we've been doing really well. And then you look at India and they kind of went completely downhill. You know what I mean? So it's not consistent, you right. know, throughout the world. Um, you know, of course, each eclipse, if you did each eclipse for every country, it's going to be different as well, you know, um, you know, if you have the time to sit and do that. But the point is, is that, um, you know, also you have to look at the, the leader of the country, which, which I do, you know, all the time, which is what, especially in America, it's been fascinating with Trump and, and Biden. But, um, you know, I think that the thing is, is that it is kind of fascinating that from last year, you know, last November, through the end of this year, they're all from lunar to solar. Um, and then you get next year, as I said, you get the ones in April and May, solar to lunar. Um, and then you get October, November, 2022, again, solar to lunar. And then 2023, solar to lunar. And, uh, and October, 2023, solar to lunar. So it's kind of fascinating that the ones in 2022 and 2023 are all solar to lunar, whereas this year and the end of last year, they're all lunar to solar. So it kind of is interesting if you do look at it that way, that because it doesn't always happen that way, that it's consistent, you know, for a bunch of, for a few eclipses like it is now and then next year, sort of that, you know, upward climb. So it's kind of an interesting thing just to ponder, you know, and look at and think about, you know, sort of yeah, interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's great for us to be able to watch this now for the next couple of years to see if we can draw a conclusion from it as well with what's going on. Right. And also these that are going from lunar to solar are all in Taurus and Scorpio, you know, as I said. So that's the other interesting thing that all of these Taurus Scorpio eclipses, except the one next year that kind of slips back into Taurus Scorpio before it stays in Aries Libra, mm -hmm. are all the lunar to solar ones. So it's right. kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. What, what I flagged about the, because I'd love to talk about now Taurus and Scorpio more so, the dynamics involved there. What I flagged about that, like if you just look back at the last two cycles of the nodes there, like the Iraq war last time, time before that it was, you know, Band-Aid, Ethiopia, the famine. It's always about resources, it seems, obviously the main theme of Taurus, Scorpio. Had you looked at any of those major themes um, when you were looking at this set of eclipses this year? Well, you know, I look at the sorrow cycle, but I look a lot at that, what we call the metonic cycle. The metonic cycle are eclipses that repeat every 19 years. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when they repeat, that means that, and sometimes in between, you also will get that same degree, but the opposite kind of eclipse. 
So yeah, I mean, so of course, when you're looking at eclipses, some of the, when you're starting to really look at the history, um, you know, of them, um, one of the things that you're going to look at, of course, are the, 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 the cycles of the signs. Um, and that's, but you know, the 19, the 18 sorrow cycle, the 19 year metonic cycle, the nodal cycle is 18.6 years. So it definitely goes, um, you know, hand in hand with, um, you know, that kind of, um, you know, that kind of cycle. So when you look at these particular, um, these particular eclipses, um, what you get over here is, you know, that metonic cycle, number one, the metonic cycle of eclipses means that the one May, May 26th, that we just had last week, that was at 11 degrees of Scorpio, um, and then you get the one 19 years prior, May 2022, uh, sorry, May 2002, May 26, 2002, it's the exact day, um, mm -hmm. and that one was also at 11 degrees of Scorpio. Um, and then in between, you know, you get a couple too, because the nodes switch, you know what I mean? So, you know, you might get, um, you know, the, uh, you know, you might get the nodes where you have the North node in Taurus and South node in, um, in Scorpio. And then you're going to get at some point midway, you're going to get Rahu in Scorpio and Ketu in Taurus. So, you know, it switches. So when I look at the, that metonic cycle, it's kind of interesting when you're looking at, you know, those, of course, the nodal cycle. Um, and then you're going to get here, November 2011 and May 2013, you're going to have also the um, eclipses in um, Scorpio, uh, eight degrees and 10 degrees of Scorpio. So May, May 24th, 2013, you get another um, lunar eclipse also. Um, and that's going to be at 10 degrees of Scorpio. So they kind of like are switching, mm -hmm. but then you get the, um, and then you get the same thing with uh, June, 2021, one next week. The one next week is interesting because the metonic cycle means every 19 years they repeat on the same day, but usually it happens about three times, three 19 year cycles, then it stops just because of the geometry of the spheres. This one was very geared towards, this was four years, the one on June, the one next week is an interesting annular eclipse. It's that ring of fire eclipse. And that one was uh, June, June uh, 10th or 11th, 1964. Um, and then it was also um, 1983. Um, and then it was uh, 2002 and now 2021. So it does go with those, um, with the nodal cycle, you know, like that. And right. when you are talking, yeah, and so when you are talking about events, you know, and you're, you're really looking at these cycles, um, yeah, you can, you, you were talking about like what you're talking about, the famine and, um, and things like that and sustenance and, and resources you know, um, you can really, you know, the thing is with history though, is that you can take any period and really look at like major shifts and major events. Every period sort of has, you know, it's, um, you know, I don't know if you'd call it craziness or it's, you know, really heavy duty, you know what I mean? Heavy duty events, you know, mm -hmm. um, that take place. So but I mean, of course, Scorpio and, you know, Taurus are where, um, you know, Parashra talks about them being exalted, Rao and Taurus, 
Kate with Scorpio. Yes. So mm -hmm. would you say that it's the fact that they're so strong that they are more able to be uh, more malevolent in a way? Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is that you have to look at, um, you know, everything else that's with it, especially around those eclipses, you know, like last year we had Mars K2. This year, again, we're going to have Mars K2 near an eclipse in December. But I think the other thing is that, um, you know, when you're when you're looking at this, you have to, um, you can say that in terms of the exaltation, um, some people, some astrologers also say that they are um, exalted in Gemini and Sagittarius. Right. You know, but you know, I always look at it as the fact that Rahu acts like Saturn. So if you're talking about Saturn, it's always going to work better in a Venus ruled sign or a Mercury ruled sign. So you know, the mm -hmm. fact that you know they are in Taurus and Scorpio. I'm sorry, Gemini and and Taurus. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could say that that an exalted planet, especially an exalted node you know, because it is so um, malefic, you know, that the, um, you know, that the malevolent, maleficence, is that how I say it? the maleficence of it, um, you know, can be, um, you know, really, really intense. But, you know, the other thing really is also that if you, if you really kind of look at where the planets, um, you know, are, um, you know, and, you know, where, where they've, you know, where they've been, um, you know, in terms of the, uh, I think, when, in terms of the um, aspects to them, you know, and in terms of the, uh, you know, planets that are going to be in the same, um, you know, area of the zodiac and the same signs, I think it probably, it should probably go beyond that, you know, and, and go a little bit beyond just the fact that they're in um, Taurus and um, in Taurus and Scorpio, because that's where they are now. I mean, now they are in uh, Taurus and Scorpio. They started in September last year to move into Taurus and Scorpio. And then next March, they'll move into Aries Libra. Um, so uh, the I mean, if you're looking at pandemic and things like that, the pandemic really started when they were in Gemini and Sagittarius, not in Taurus and Scorpio. But then you would get that if you're going by other astrologers who say Gemini, Sag, yes, you're getting like a, a year and a half, three, you're getting a three year period really, where right. the nodes are in the two signs that people attribute to their um, exaltation. So that is interesting. You know, when it's interesting because that, that's that's true. And also, you know, I've heard other astrologers say how, well, actually, when they're debilitated, if they're the other way around, K2 in Taurus and Rahu in Scorpio, they're even more malefic because if you're, you know, if you're, if you feel hard done by, you're going to lash out even more in a way. If you feel very strong, you're less likely to. So you can see the good and the bad sides of each, I guess. Yeah. But in terms of Gemini and Sagittarius, it's interesting because of the lunar signs involved as well, of course, in, in terms of Ardra and Mula and all of that. But I, I would love to talk as well about the lunar signs that are involved this year, 2021. So, of course, we have just had one in Anuradha. Um, that's the total lunar. We're about to have one in Megrashirsha. And then we're going to have another set, one in Kritika. And then the last one finishing the year as we had last year in Jaista. Mm. So shall we talk about maybe, maybe we just stick to the, the solar. I mean, we can talk about the lunar as well, but 
the significance of having a solar eclipse in Mercosirsha coming up on the 10th of June and then finishing the year in December in Jaisa. Can you speak to that? Yeah, well, I mean, these are all, you know, I mean, you can take any of these and just look at them and think what are the symbolism, you know, anyway, with Mergishira and with, um, you know, with Jeshta. Um, and the thing is, is that when you're looking at that, especially the one, the one coming up, um, you know, the one, the one coming up in June is interesting um, because of the fact that when you're, you know, I mean, obviously, when you're looking at different countries, I mean, when I have the, when I have it in front of me, I mean, I just do it for Washington, but that's a whole other story, um, you know. But these eclipses, you know, especially because of, you know, where the the nodes are and in relation, um, you know, to those eclipses, because the node for the June ones coming up has already hit it. So the, the node of the moon, especially if you're looking as I do with the true node, um, you know, the true node was very, very heavy around that degree. You know, obviously I'm gonna be a little bit America centric here because of the fact that I, you know, I live here. So it doesn't mean that I don't take the world into account. I obviously do. But the, um, the whole idea of the fact that the, um, these nodes, see, because these, eclipses are all in Taurus and Scorpio, um, the nodes when they hit these eclipses are kind of overlapping. So sometimes what you're getting is the node hitting the eclipse and then the next eclipse, the node hits it at another date. But these eclipses are all kind of drawn together because they are all um, you know, on very, um, you know, very similar degrees as well. You know, there are maybe four degrees apart. So when you look at that and you're you're looking and I'm I'm not I'm not diverting from your question. It's just to me it's kind of related. You know, so the thing is is that um, you know, because I do look at these no, I mean I look kind of at these nodal things and then the nakshatras are important as well. Um, but when I look at this, you know, eclipse, let's say coming up, the solar um, on June um, June 10th, um, you know the degree of that eclipse, you know, which, you know, is 25 degrees of Taurus between 25 and 26, um, you know, we had the node, um, you know, especially the true, the true node kind of stays very, very slow around one degree, around a certain degree, you know, when it's near an eclipse. So right after that December eclipse last year, um, the December 14th eclipse, you know, the node was already at 25 degrees. So that node was kind of like at the same degree as this June one coming up. So it sat around that degree in November, December, um, January. You know, I do this year ahead thing. I thought there would be, you know, I always note when the node is gonna be exactly on the eclipse degree, even though it hovers there for a little bit. So it like was exactly there on January 2nd. So then January 6th, at least in America, we had that insurrection. But the reason I bring it up is not because I'm so America-centric, but because of social media, that was an event that was broadcast to the whole world. You know, I mean, I got letters, you know, emails and, and phone calls from people 
my friends and from all over the world, like what's going on in your country, you know? So it wasn't just a nasty event that happened in America. It was something that affected the world because now the, some of those beliefs, you know, of things like QAnon, I mean, people are talking about this in all, all areas of the world, in all societies. And I'm sure in Ireland, in the UK, in Europe, everywhere, those, you know, diverse, political beliefs are, you know, kind of separating everybody in the world. It's not just in America, you know what I'm saying? They've, they've become so polarized, um, you know, because social media just makes everything more intense. So my point is that the nodal degree um, at 25 degrees was really there in November 20th, in November 2020, December, January. Now it's coming there again. Mars hit that degree um, in April. And, you know, in April, um, you know, like there are so many events, you know, you can't like really keep track of every single event that happens, but Mars hit the 25 degrees of Taurus in uh, April. And the thing is, is that what happens also um, is that April time was um, when India's pandemic just exploded. Um, also, we had the, um, you know, I think the beginnings of the Israeli conflict. So the Mars, that's what Mars does when it hits an eclipse degree. So we are have, we have been, um, and so Mars, of course, is in Rigashira. So um, Rigashira is an Akshatra by Mars. So the point is, is that going back to your question, we have malefics in malefic nakshatra. Um, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean Merkshir is a malefic nakshatra because it's not really. It's got a lot of beautiful aspects and you know electional um, you know astrology things that you know people do under Merkshira. But it does mean that I take anyway. I take the sign ruler. Okay, it's in Taurus. It's Venus. But I also take the nakshatra lord, which is Mars. You know, so we're having eclipses in, in a Mars-ruled nakshatra. And then we had the planet Mars um, going through um, that nakshatra, not for the whole year, of course, but, you know, we had it from the middle of March this year through April 24th. And so that became a Mars-related timing. You know what I mean? And that really was... You know, to me, that was when India had the pandemic. I'm sure there's a zillion other things in the world and Israel. Those are the, and Israel and, and the Gaza and the, the missiles. That's mm -hmm. kind of the two events in the last couple months that resonate with me. I mean, oh, maybe, absolutely, yeah. And maybe you have other events you have in your head that are also. Well, I don't think you can pick yeah. out much bigger events than those two, really, because it's like India really, that was really grabbing the world's attention. Still is, I mean, they're still in the midst of it, right? And then you know what's happening in Gaza, and it's just fascinating to see how these are getting triggered over and over again. And of course, we can see the Indian chart, the independence chart with Taurus rising and the nodes in that axis, Rahu in you know Taurus, Ketu in Scorpio, as that may be being another trigger. Um, and it was interesting to see how the Israeli chart, which we have a date for, of course, same which, year, again, exactly. yeah, it's the same kind of theme over and over again. And it's getting triggered, and interestingly enough. In the Israeli chart, the Dasha is Rahu Mars, the very tail end of the Rahu Dasha, right? So they're really been squeezed right now. But what I also found really interesting, I don't know, like, 
this is what I guess it's not something I normally would do. It's like, you know, when you have an eclipse, you're going to have one like a solar eclipse. You'll have one six months later. And you're looking at, you know, because that's why I like the way you approach eclipses. You look at the cycles and you look at them overall, whereas it's so easy to look at one and then wait for that one to finish. And then you're looking at the next one. But the truth is, like you say, they're all interlaced. And like K2 right now is transiting the December eclipse that we haven't even had yet. Right. And we haven't even had the June one yet. Right. That's right. Yeah. These are all very interestingly interconnected. Um, And. And I think that does indicate we have a worldwide event that's affecting, you know what I mean? It's not like we have one country that's having its problems and this and that. And that's why I say when I go back to that insurrection in January, that was not just an American event, even though one might think so. It really affected, you know, because I just heard from a client who was just, you know, for an update, I just made an appointment with her and her mother lives in Serbia. She's from Serbia, though she's, she's lived in America for years. And she said her mother is, you know, just kind of um, being filled with, you know, is 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 becoming like a Q, like following QAnon on some level. And I said, really, in Serbia? Yeah, you know, I was mm-hmm. like really kind of surprised. Oh, she said, no, it's all over the place, you know. So we live in a world now because of social media and because of just technology that we are so interconnected, um, you know. So anything that happens in one country um, is really affecting the world in a lot of ways, but the pandemic has really shown that. Now, the interesting thing, of course, with India and Israel, it's always been interesting because they both had independent, Pakistan, because when India got their independence and then Pakistan was created also with the, you know, um, the two countries. But the thing is, is that those two countries got independence around the same time. So that was also kind of really interesting um, thing. So they do get hit as you say, you know, because of the nodal access mm-hmm. um, from that year, you know, so it's, um, it's a very, right. kind of, yeah. What, really, what really struck me about as well, the K2 and Scorpio, if we just look at that just generally as well, K2 and Scorpio, is that, you know, this theme keeps coming up, it seems, or, and obviously, therefore, then Rahu and Taurus, this theme of not just resources, but K2 being, I guess, the side of us maybe that we may neglect or reject or not want to look at. And Scorpio is already a sign of things we won't want to look at, like death and disease, for example, right? So when you have K2 and Scorpio, it can be because you are seeing a lot of this worldwide now, this kind of um, pandemic denial. You know what I mean? Well, that's the most extreme expression of it, of course. But then it's just sometimes we need just need to tune out like we need do we need the nice things in life the tourist things in life to be able to deal with all the trauma it seems to be there's so much trauma because actually it's interesting there's a movie coming out next month uh, Gabor Mate I don't know if you're familiar with his work but there's a movie all about trauma and how we're, we're dealing with trauma or how we don't deal with trauma and how that that creates this residual effect and collective trauma and all of this so it's like for me I think that's what Taurus and Scorpio represent more than anything when the nodes activate them in any way is that it's basic resources and safety issues and trauma we're dealing with all the time well they're also fixed signs so when you're dealing with fixed signs it also takes longer you Mm. know for things to change you know what i mean because you're Mm. stuck you know so you're in stira signs you know and so those are going to be um you know they are what they are you know in in terms of the idea of fixity you know, or in terms of, I mean, positively, you can always say steer signs are stable, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the, the, the sort of positive end of it. But, you know, the negative end of it is also to say that they're stuck, 
you know, and, and it really, too easy. right. And so it takes them longer. And like I said, the fact that we have six of these eclipses in these signs, you know, um, are uh, to me, it's quite remarkable because, you know, I do look at these eclipses, but, you know, you're also, you know, when you were talking about also Jeshta, um, you know, and of course the, the, the solar eclipses in Rikshira, so you always then are always going to look in the chart where, where Mars is located, you know, as well. And that's kind of very important. And right now with the June 10th eclipse, Mars is debilitated. It's in, it's in Cancer. So, you know, we, we don't know if something there is going to also, um, you know, take place. But, you know, it seems that if the, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see really. I hate making like definite predictions about we have to see if this, you know, um, ceasefire holds <laughs> that number one in, in the Middle East. Because, oh, in the Middle East, right, right. Yeah, because we do have now Mars in its um, debilitation uh, that is on June 3rd, you know, which is in two days, Mars goes into Cancer. Um, so, you know, we have to also, you know, look at that. Um, and then it will be in Cancer. Um, for, yeah, until mid-July, really, until July 21st. So that's one way, um, you know, to to look at it when you're looking at the nakshatras, you know, look at where the, um, you know, where that happens, where the, the, the lord of the nakshatra is placed, and also the sign lord. So you get Venus um, is in uh, June 10th, Taurus is in Gemini, and then you get Mars in Cancer. Um, and the other thing with this eclipse, of course, is that I always look at the planets close to it and Mercury is not just retrograde, but Mercury is um, combust, you know, because it's so close to the solar eclipse, this next one, the one next week. Um, and, you know, when you also have um, a combustion like that, which is June 10th and December 4th, we're both going to have, again, the, the Mercury combust. Um, you know, there could be, well, that could, that could also indicate some downturns with the economy because Mercury's business, it's also communication and things like that. So those are the ones that, you know, I will, you know, sort of take a little bit of a, an interest in when you look at the combustion and the retrograde. Well, a lot of times when Mercury's retrograde, you have the combustion um, and then Mercury will go direct, um, you know, third week in June. So I think that this, this eclipse and uh, is interesting. The other reason that this eclipse is interesting, the June 10th one, is that it's an, it's what's, it's an annular eclipse. Um, and uh, that, you know, as I said, it's like, it's like this ring of fire that they call it, um, you know, that you can see. Um, and it is um, going to be visible. Um, it, it's gonna, when you look at these eclipses and you look sometimes, you know, where they're visible. I think for me, um, you know, that's also interesting because I found that in the past, um, you know, a lot of times these eclipses will show you different parts of the world um, that are going to be affected. Um, and this eclipse is, um, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you can see an eclipse um, you know, like 100%, you know, very clearly, you know, you can't see every eclipse in every part of the country. 
um, you know, obviously. Um, and this eclipse is going to be visible, you know, according to, you know, you can go on space.com or Wikipedia or nasa.gov, it'll tell you all this information. But I'm just reading this and it's like it'll be visible from parts of Northeast Canada, Greenland, um, you know, uh, the Russia Far East, but it is going to appear partial. This is the one that I'm interested in, in that when you're looking at these eclipses, and you can see, let's say it is 75% um, 75% uh, eclipsed um, from 75% um, eclipsed in America. Um, and I believe in uh, parts of Europe as well. I'll tell you in a minute because I had it on the screen and it actually just disappeared from my screen. Um, so, you know, when you have certain astrological programs or like mapping programs, you could see it, but you can, they can tell you anyway um, in, uh, in these, you know, these websites, you know. So. I asked you something while you were looking up that actually, and maybe just to tie it in with that in terms of the, how long they have an impact, because you're looking at where it is on the planet, but also what about how long the eclipse occurs for and how it may have an impact? Yeah, I know. And everybody talks about the fact that you have to see how many like minutes the eclipse right. lasts and that will compute. Some people say the lunar computes into months um, and the solar computes into years. Um, I'm not necessarily sure about that. Um, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, that's, that's not like I have these 100% theories all the time. But what I do know is that when you do hit that eclipse degree, and the interesting thing, as I said, with this um, June 10th eclipse, um, is that the node hit that eclipse in January, November, December, January, Mars hit that eclipse in April. That eclipse is going to be 75% visible um, in Washington. Uh, it's really going to be kind of visible in Washington. And then it's going to um, kind of swerves. It's like 75% visible in Washington. Um, and then it kind of goes up through, um, you know, way kind of north, um, probably like around Iceland or something like that. Um, and then it kind of swerves back, um, you know, again, when it comes to like Russia and um, parts, of, parts of Asia but north, you know, north of uh, China, let's say. But the whole idea of, um, you know, these eclipses and when they are going to be, um, you know, visible, um, you know, that's the thing that's kind of interesting because you do find, as I said, that things will, um, you know, kind of work themselves out, uh, you know, in that, in that way. So it becomes, uh, you know, no North America, East and North, so especially on the East Coast here, um, a lot of Europe um, will also be able to see it, Northern Europe um, and Northern Asia. So these are kind of things to look at. When that becomes active, I think that eclipse already became active because of the fact that the node and Mars were uh, prior to that eclipse. Um, you know, but the other thing is that because that eclipse is, um, you know, 25 degrees of, um, you know, 25 degrees of Taurus, um, you know, what is going to happen is that things are going to every, every month, you're anyway going to get a moon where that's going to be 
at 25 degrees, you know, of Taurus. Um, and then you're going to have at some point, I mean, Mars has already crossed it, but you're still going to have the, um, you know, Mars uh, aspect it, you know, at different times. So you are going to have, you know, Mars, you know, kind of hitting opposite that degree, you know, mm -hmm. when it goes to like 25, um, you know, 25 Scorpio. Um, and that does um, take place at the end of the year. Uh, maybe January 2022. But the thing is, is that that does become a hot place in when that eclipse hits, which is June 10th. Mm. Um, so I, I do think actually, um, you know, especially when you're looking at the fact that Mercury is retrograde and Mercury is combust. So that means that Mercury is exactly around that degree June 12th and 13th, and then Mercury is going to go direct, and that Mercury is going to cross that degree around 4th of July, um, you know, and things like that. So I think that that degree does stay hot, um, you know, um, and I think it stays hot because it's um, it, it's a visible it's a visible eclipse in parts of the country in parts of the world that are populated. I mean, you get certain eclipses like the one in December, that annular, that, that path, this pathway, you know, that I'm talking about where the eclipse starts and then finishes. Um, the one in December, for instance, is like not really visible in places in the world that are right. populated. You know? That's one thing I want to ask you, Ronnie, because it's something that I haven't really um, seen very much, but maybe you have because you follow them so much more closely when you see an eclipse in a certain area and you say okay it's going to impact that area but it doesn't doesn't always seem to play out that way but then it may be the case that other planets are triggering other eclipses that you're not looking at at that time possibly i don't know so it's like oh you just forgot about the eclipse that happened there two years ago but now mars is transiting over here right and so you're going to have this like volcano in this place or whatever it might be do you notice something like that I do. Um, there are, I mean, it's like anything else. I mean, sometimes things really happen, you know, with an amazing, um, you know, like this amazing sense of, uh, you know, exactitude or something like that, I guess you can say. And then other times it sort of like passes you by and, you know, isn't, isn't really doing much. But I have found certain instances um, that, you know, I've kind of put in my lectures or workshops that are, to me, amazing in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, where these, where these eclipses go. Um, and, and I do find that even if there are things that happen, you know, that don't necessarily seem to, you know, to us, you know, that are, you know, oh, wow, this is so important. It doesn't mean that, something hasn't happened in the country, you know, that has been very important to the right, country right. itself, you know, um, and things like that. So, I'm sure you're uh, also thinking about the great American eclipse, because if you look at the American eclipse, it's like literally dividing the country in half. And then whether you want to say that or not, it's literally symbolically divided in half, you know? It did. And, and that eclipse was powerful because of the fact, I mean, that's where I really started realizing, I mean, I started looking at this long time ago but you know i really started um looking at this um in you know when i saw that eclipse 
the hunt, you know, because that eclipse was absolutely visible throughout, you know, from like Oregon down through the Carolinas. But there was an area of that eclipse that was like 75% visible as this one is the June 10th one in Washington and the Northeast here. Um, that one was about 75% visible, you know, a, a few, you know, like miles south and north of that line. I mean, it's hard to explain on a podcast, but, you know, certain, if you, if you have like certain astrology programs, or even, I guess, on some of the websites, it will show you the path of the eclipse. Um, and that path in America, of course, we looked at because it was total and people were flocking to see it. But there was, um, below it, it was 75% visible. I mean, it was visible in a lot of places, even though it wasn't 100%. It was 75% visible as it went through the Southwest of America. It went right through, for instance, Texas. And if you, I don't know if you remember, there were those humongous floods in Houston, Texas. And that area of the country really got hit hard. And then we had these hurricanes in Florida and Puerto Rico and that area. And so what happened actually is that that line where it was 75% visible got hit very hard. Um, and that happened um, a few weeks after that um, eclipse um on august 17th because of the fact that mars i think had hit that degree also and that was the other thing is that everybody was talking about donald trump because it was on his rising sign you know but the fact is is that you know the way i look at countries you know you're you can look at india and israel because you know pretty much but i like to look at the leader of a country and look at that leader as representing the country so for me donald trump's chart really reflected the fact that the country you know, got hit um, really, really, really hard, um, mm -hmm. you know, in that particular area. I mean, there were other eclipses, you know, there was one in December 2020 last year, you know, um, and that one was very, very, it was a totally, because December 14th, that was when, for instance, in America, they counted the votes and certified, um, they certified him in the Electoral College. Uh, Trump, uh, Biden, sorry. And then it also meant that it was in those months, November, December last year, that Brexit was finally accepted, you know? So um, there were, you know, certain things, but that eclipse of December 14th was 100% visible in South America. It was, it was, it was visible around, um, in, in, around Chile. And I believe there was an earthquake or something that happened um, in that part of the world that didn't get the kind of press, you know what I mean, that you know, Brexit or the American election was, was getting. But in fact, um, it was very important, um, you know, for, uh, you know, for that particular country. And of course, um, we're seeing a lot of like seismic activity again now, you know, as we do all the time with eclipses. I'm just wondering what you think of you mentioned it already, but what you think about the Mars transit to the eclipse degree, it'll actually happen December 31st. So the very last day of the year, we're having Mars hit off that um, eclipse in Scorpio, like the 18 degree mark. Um, yeah. what, would you, what would you say when you look at that? I mean, obviously we don't want to be doomsayers here. There's enough of that going on. But like, what would you say about Mars transiting that eclipse degree in Scorpio? Yeah, the... Um... 
you know, I know, I I know you want, don't want to be drawn on, on making uh, predictions, especially in relation right. to COVID. But I mean, let's face it, we're not going to be able to go there or not going to be able to do a podcast without going there somewhat. And that everyone wants to hear, especially when they're listening to a podcast about the eclipses. Well, when might this likely be over or when are we going to see an easing up or something like that? So what, what are your thoughts about Mars's transit to that degree at the end of the year and into January? Okay, so as I said, um, Mars is going to oppose this, this solar eclipse degree, um, and that is 25 degrees of Taurus. That's why the signs are also important, because it does mean that the nodes as well are going to be in those signs in your chart. They're going to transit those signs for a year and a half, um, and so you have to pay attention to whatever area in your chart it's affecting. Um, and I think that when Mars is going to hit that degree, um, that means that it's also hitting the degree of this eclipse now, you know what I mean, this June one. So it is going to be very, very, very powerful because it's hitting the degree of two eclipses. Now, the one on um, June 10th um, is a, uh, an annular eclipse, means it's, it's fairly tight because, well, the node hit it in uh, January. But the one in November is a partial. Um, we also had that eclipse last November 30th and the node hits that eclipse degree in August. So I'm just saying that that hasn't even finished yet. Um, and that is the eclipse last November 30th that corresponded with the rollout of the vaccine here in America. It was accepted by the Food and Drug Administration. Um, it was also around the same time as um, the guy in Iran, who was these, uh, the, the, the head of their nuclear facilities, was assassinated. That hasn't been resolved yet either. So I keep thinking that's going to have some kind of, uh, I don't know if it, I don't know, resolution is the right word, but we might find more about that. That was last November, around the same time as the um, November 30th eclipse. That event happens. Always look at events around eclipses. It's just important to look because that gives you an idea of uh, things that could happen. You know, around this last eclipse, we had a couple things also happen. We had, um, you know, like I said, there was, you know, the the Gaza uh, missiles were really starting to wind down. They also had already agreed to a ceasefire, but also there were a couple of weird accidents. There were some shootings, you know, as always. Um, and that happened around this last eclipse. But this one um, in June is the same degree similar as the one in November. So I think what happens is when Mars crosses it, um, it's also going to be a similar time to when uh, Ketu crosses it. So that's why that eclipse um, you know, is also going to be uh, important, um, you know, because we're going to get the Mars um, hitting that, um, you know, lunar um, eclipse degree of Taurus. Um, we're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be opposite it. Mars is going to be opposite that degree. Um, and then we're also going to have Rahu conjoining that degree. And so we are going to have, and then we have the solar total in December, December 4th, that's at 18 Scorpio. Um, and Mars is going to form a conjunction with K2 December 15th. And then it's going to, Mars is going to conjunct that degree on December 30th. So yeah, December, January are going to be months where um, 
we're going to have the uh, something happen that's big. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think there's going to be Martian stuff going on, actually, because when we had the pandemic last time, we had Mars and K2 also hitting those degrees. So there might be some financial stuff as well. Um, but the thing is, is that I think that what happens with these planets um, and these degrees, and again, this, this April date, the, the South Node, is also kind of hitting the degree of the eclipse next December 4th. So this is all connected. I guess that's my big thing is that they are all really connected. In terms of the pandemic, I think it goes, like I said, we start recovering here in America. I believe in the UK, I believe in Ireland, you're also recovering. And in India, it went downhill. So it's kind of weird. As parts of the world recover, other parts of the world are going downhill. I do think there's going to be some revelation as far as China goes, what this, eclipse, what this virus really, how did it really originate? You know, I think also, um, you know, if you look at events from, interestingly enough, again, 2002, and you go back to 2002, um, November 2002, um, I was looking this up, the SARS epidemic began. So again, that eclipse of 19 years, again, these eclipses that happened 19 years ago, um, it's interesting because in 2002 in November, we had SARS and now in November 2021, we seem to be winding down from the virus. But to me, it's sort of like in fits and starts, you right, know, right. I don't know that it's going to, I think something else is going to happen. But I do think the interesting thing is that um, if you do the outer planets, I mean, listen, I my early training was Western, so I still look at those outer planets. And I look at eclipses when you have retrogrades and direct stations around those eclipses, it's very strong. So we had Neptune going direct also uh, last year, November 29th, and that was the an unveiling of the vaccine and also this assassination. It's interesting, they happen at the same time. And what we're gonna have now um, you know, actually this summer, um, we also will have um, Neptune um, going retrograde um, June 26th. Okay, that's going to happen pretty soon after that. We have a Saturn Uranus square. For those of your listeners that do pay attention to the outer planets, that's going to be the second hit of the Saturn Uranus square right after this eclipse, June 14th. Um, and then in December, it's going to kind of be the final time. So December is going to be a very heavy month. Um, you know, um, and, and the thing is, is that when you look at all of this, N Neptune will also um, go direct. Um, it's kind of like the same cycle, but Neptune will also go direct uh, November 30th um, in uh, 2021. So it's also going to go direct in between the next two eclipses. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. Um, but I do believe that because in April, I mean, in August, the node is going to hit the degree of last November's eclipse, I think that we're going to have some um, something going on with this assassination in Iran, and I think something with the vaccine. I think that the vaccine is going to, like, we've had some fits and starts, meaning that there have been some problems with, with the vaccine, some of the vaccines. Um, I think that there will be another 
um, either more vaccines available in um, August or more strains of the virus that they have to develop boosters for. So I don't think this is over, you know? Um, I don't think it's over quite yet. I think 2022 is more of a recovery, not just because of the eclipses. I mean, I look at other things as well, but also because the nodes are changing signs, but also Jupiter is going to be um, in the same position that it was 12 years ago. We have 12, 13 year cycles for Jupiter and we go back to 2010, you know, and 2008, 2009, Jupiter, um, you know, also was, um, I, I think that we had that recession and then Jupiter was in the same area of the chart last year. Again, it was, you know, in its debilitation, but it was a similar cycle. So to answer your question, I think the pandemic is gonna have fits and starts. I think we're gonna see it going better. Now things are opening. I think we're going to have a little bit of backtracking. I do in August and September, August, because that's kind of like where the nodal point is, um, you know, from last November's eclipse, because that was a very wide, a very partial, um, you know, lunar. Um, and I think that um, this eclipse from May 26th, the south node is actually going to hit that degree um, in September and Mars is gonna hit that degree in December. So I, I mean, Mars hits that degree in yeah, December 20th. So what I'm saying is that August and September watch for something also to happen. Now that could be something, nothing to do with the pandemic, could be something completely different. Could be another, um, it could be something with Israel. It could be something with, um, you know, China because again, this 75% this eclipse is gonna be visible right now. So I think that to answer your question, I don't think it's a simple question. I think it's fits and starts. Um, I don't think it's gonna end the pandemic anytime soon, but I think that we will have tools to deal with it. You know, um, you know I mean, here in America, everybody is kind of getting back to normal because there's a lot of vaccinations. Not everybody's vaccinated, of course, you know. Um, but I think December is going to be a bit of a heavy month with that Mars. Mars can be, um, it can be deaths of rulers. It's interesting also, well, Prince Philip, you know, I mean, listen, he's in his 90s. You know, he passed away when I think the node was also hit in, in April. Um, and also, you know, I think there could be something like that cataclysmic event um, in December, January, when the Mars hits it could be an earthquake, it could be terrorism, could be any of those Mars things, you know? Um, it could be you're talking about sustenance, it could be the food supply, you know? Um, things like that, you know, floods, fires. Fires are possible, again, in November, December, we had a wildfire season last year in America that was a little crazy. Any and all of the above. <laughs> yeah, any and all of the above. And you know, it's it's kind of interesting, like I said, I mean, I know people are concerned about Biden. I know you don't want to leave without that and people, you well, know, we, even- Yeah, I mean, we could really talk about him a lot because, you know, he has a really interesting chart in terms of these eclipses with all of his, you know, his rising sign, Scorpio, his sun, his Venus. But then as the nodes progress, as Cato moves into Libra, he's got his Mars there, his ruler there and his Mercury there his eighth lord. I mean, one of the things I thought that might be is that maybe as K2 is prone to do, it might reveal something about his health. 
we might find out something about his health. That's the first thing I thought. Well, you know, the other thing is that, I mean, you know, we can, we can do this again in the fall, you know. Um, the thing is, is that is as I talked to you, as I was talking about Trump, now presidents or leaders of countries have, um, you know, and again, you know, remember you also have, um, well, you have, let's see, you have Elizabeth is, uh, Queen Elizabeth, let's say, is Aries. Her son is an Aries. So, I mean, and then we get the nodes next year, Libra Aries for a year and a half. So that's something to watch for. But I think the other thing is that when you're looking at um, the uh, leader of a country, it's like, like I was saying, you have to look at the leader of a country in two ways. So you look at the leader as somebody who uh, represents himself. You know, he has a private life or she has a private life, which you don't always know what's going on. Um, you know, last December, for instance, when Trump's eclipse was getting hit, um, it had to do with something in America. You know, we had the, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, and then we had, um, you know, a new, you know, Supreme Court justice, and that was a big thing. And Trump was already saying the election was going to be, you know, bogus, um, but he also had a health scare, you know. So that was something that happened. You don't always know what's happening to these people. So I think that we have to look at always the leader of a country both ways. Now, what I was just saying about the aspects of the eclipse, things that are happening in Biden's chart can simply represent the country. You know, it can just represent what's going on in America um, because he is the leader. Um, and, you know, the same thing, let's say, if you looked at, you know, Boris Johnson's chart, you know, his, I believe his mercury was getting, uh, you know, afflicted. Um, Mercury is actually at 25 degrees of Taurus. Right. So he was starting, the node was hitting his Mercury November, December, January. And that's when Brexit finally, you know, happened, you know, got signed. Um, so he had that degree, you know, going on. And he's had a lot of stuff in his personal life, By the way, too. He just got married a few days ago. Right. I was just going <laughs> to say he had a lot of things in his personal life. Last year, he had COVID. He had it way more serious, I believe, than Trump. He mm -hmm. had a baby. His, his now wife had a baby. Well, he had a baby, too. Um, and Brexit, the country. And right. And now he just got married. Um, and he's getting a lot of flack, too. I mean, he's, you know, he's got also that extreme, um, those extremes. So, so he's another example, you know, of somebody who is representing the country. When you look at Modi's chart, it's very interesting because Modi has, I, I've been given two signs for Modi. Um, yes. One gives him Libra rising and one gives him tar, uh, Scorpio rising. Right. Um, Which one do you prefer? I preferred Libra until this pandemic started now. And now I'm wondering if it's not Scorpio mm. because the Taurus Scorpio axis would be um, really right. important. But if you look at the person as representing, you know, the country, you know, again, if you, if you uh, look at, um, you know, if you look at Modi's chart, um, you know, uh, the moon is obviously going to be the same pretty much. And actually that draws me back to what I thought initially about Trump and then started second guessing myself because Oftentimes, is, is the nature of the nodes, you start second-guessing yourself. Their nodes, their shadows, they're not very clear. And then you see that Trump had, you know, the December uh, 14th eclipse last year, right on his uh, mm -hmm. boom, right? And you think, yeah. well, that's obviously a loss, you know, yeah. and that's kind of, and then you start second-guessing. 
So when you look at Modi now and you see his moon at eight degrees of Scorpio, you think, well, of course, that must be a loss, you know? And you can see how he is like, obviously losing popularity in the way he handled the pandemic recently. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is with, with Modi is that the moon is, um, you know, if it's Scorpio rising, it's ninth house Lord, whereas with Trump's chart, it was 12th house Lord. Right. So there's that difference. Again, I mean, I can look at Modi's chart for another time, but I haven't really looked at given it as much. But, you know, he is does have those things on eclipse degrees. And I was just looking and thinking with that Taurus Scorpio, you know, like I said, like the eclipses are in Scorpio Taurus from last November through this whole year. So it, it's kind of interesting if you look at it that way and think, hmm, it'd you know, be, maybe. It will be very interesting to see once this all pans out, of course, is that, you know, if it does affect his career and standing that, you know, oh, do we draw conclusions about then him being liberalizing and the moon ruling the 10th with K2's right. transit, you know, and we can obviously, this is the great thing about obviously anything happening is that with eclipses, they're so unknowable, really, just like a virus is. And you right. only get to know about it more the more you tr test things and test different drugs and things. So it's the same with astrology, I think. Well, also with eclipses is that, you know, I always look at it as things, you know, things get revealed on eclipses, you know, secrets come out. So, you know, they're shadowy, the nodes, and then you get the eclipses and things sort of get, you know, and that is interesting. You know, that's a nice analogy with the virus. It's true because everything has been hidden. And the other thing that just happened with these eclipses, as I said, is that, you know, nobody has really challenged the Chinese um, about the lab, although people were saying that in the beginning in last year. I mean, Trump was actually, I must say, very wary of the story of the animals. But, um, but now Biden has finally, again, come out with this proclamation over around this eclipse season, you know, to say we really have to investigate. You know, we have to investigate to see if it is the lab. But you know, the other thing is that you know, the other thing that I thought was interesting with, with um, you know, with the with everybody's charts is, you know, when you look at um, uh, Modi's chart, for instance. Um, the other thing that you get with the Libra rising is you get a lot of planets in the 12th. And I have noticed a lot of politicians have 12th house mm. charts because they have to do that secret thing, you know, and, mm. you know, they're not revealing everything and they're not revealing who, what their true nature is. I mean, so I, I have found that a lot that politicians and leaders tend to have 12th house influences really strong. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I think that the, the, but I think with Biden, um, right now, again, his birth time is one of those birth times, even like Boris Johnson's birth time. It's not a birth certificate time where Trump's was. So I take it a little with a grain of salt. However, um, there was a newspaper article that he was born in the morning that his parents put in, you know, in those days they announced, you know, their kid's birth. Um, whether it's 830, I don't know. Um, pretty much he probably does have Scorpio rising, but he might not. But even if he doesn't, he still has the sun there. He has Venus there. And he also, um, you know, uh, that eclipse, of course, um, you know, on November 19th is the day before his birthday. So for all intents and purposes, um, you know, it's um, in his solar return, you know, and in his Varshapal. And the eclipse is three degrees of Taurus. His sun is four degrees of Taurus. So 
he is going to have an eclipse in his solar return for the year. Um, and so, you know, it's definitely a birthday eclipse. It's definitely, it's in Kritika, of course. And with Kritika is ruled by the sun. So again, you have an eclipse and it's, it's fire, you know, it's, it's a burning eclipse. So that's the other thing, what I was saying before with Mars, with fires, mm -hmm. you know, if this represents America or the world, we might have, you know, it might be a fiery season. Um, but also it is, um, you know, if you want to look at it as close to Algol, you know, the fixed star Algol. But, um, but really, I think, and, you know, the, uh, the most important thing is that it is going to be a, um, an eclipse um, that is um, three degrees of Taurus. So it's, I should say it's opposite his sun. It's not on his sun, but, you know, it's... Mm -hmm. For all intents and purposes, it hits his sun because of the opposite nature of it. Um, and that means that the moon is three degrees of Taurus on that day. Um, and then you get the Mars is going to be, you know, um, there on his, um, on that area of his sun in December, because Mars hits that eclipse degree, it's opposite the mm. eclipse degree. Um, in December, and then in February, as you know, Rahu hits that degree. So yeah, I think for Biden, November to February is is a little worrying. Whether it's Biden or it's the country, um, you know, I don't know. I would have to kind of really look more at it. But I'm I'm not I'm not talking doom and gloom only because I don't like to do that. Even with Trump, I was worried about his health last December, last September. But I mean, I didn't like sort of go and really say, oh, he's going to die or anything like that. But it was the health of the country, too. So I think there could be financial stuff going on in the world. Again, if you do Western astrology or if you use Uranus, that Uranus-Saturn square is going to hit right. for a final time. And then you have the Neptune going direct again in November. So this is going to be an interesting eclipse for the world, for sure, you know, and for his chart. So it's definitely affecting America. Um, and, um, you know, again, it could affect him in different ways. Um, you know, I, I don't know. The sun in his chart is the ruler of his 10th, you know, so it, it does have to do with something. Again, it's interesting because when that eclipse hit Trump's eclipse last year, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. So it doesn't have to be Biden himself, but it could be something in America that is important. It could be some change um, in the courts. It could be a change, of course, because, well, it's election, it's elections, but it's not really the election year that people are running because that's next year, 2022. 2021 is not that kind of year. Um, it could be anything in terms of his chart or the country. If he did have Scorpio rising, which would be interesting um, mm -hmm. for him in terms of talking about the K2 transit in Scorpio because K2 is said to rule Scorpio according to many astrologers and right. therefore it would then I would say behave differently for someone with Scorpio rising than it would mm -hmm. for somebody with Libra rising for example mm -hmm. right so it's that maybe there are losses or something that he has to deal with in in the country or the country experiences losses but let's face it he himself personally uh, came into power as soon as K2 went into Scorpio you know, so there's that right. side of K2 as well, the power side of it. Right. And the other interesting thing, of course, is that the eclipse, this last eclipse, the one on May 26th, that was at 11 degrees of Scorpio. And if you do take his birth 
for um, 8.30 a.m. His ascendant is 10 Scorpio. So that eclipse would have also been, um, you know, exactly on his, um, on his uh, ascendant, descendant. I mean, of course, you can look at that and say, okay, this ascendant descendant has also to do with his partner, you know, his wife. Um, you know, it can be um, a lot of different things, but this eclipse degree, um, yes, K2 is going to be like crossing over into that degree and on his, you know, on his um, ascendant, you know, if it is uh, 10 degrees, should be there, um, you know, around September, mid-September. Too. The thing is, no matter what way you look at that, though, I mean, surely K2's transit over his son. I mean, the, the son and K2, they just don't go hand in hand, right? There is have to be some losses, even if you say it's just for the country. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. But that's why I'm always with, 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 with leaders. Obama had Mars Rahu um, in Leo in the eighth house. Mm. And um, when he got elected, he was in a Jupiter moon Dasha. And so he went very quickly after the Jupiter moon into Jupiter, Mars and Jupiter Rahu. And his Jupiter's in the first house. So people were really like, oh my God, he's gonna get shot, he's gonna die because Mars and Rahu are eighth from Jupiter and eighth from his rising sign. He was in Jupiter, Mars, Jupiter, Rahu. None of that happened, of mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, everything he wanted to do, of course, got opposition which is what's happening with Biden too, you know, he's, you know, everybody is opposing him, you know, I mean, not everybody in his party, the opposite party. So he is getting that, um, you know, obstruction. Right, right. I mean, anyway. he has to feel it some way. I mean, let's face it, if you were sitting with him and giving him a reading, if you were consulting with him, you'd be talking about these kinds of things in his personal life. So even if we don't see it on right. the screen, right, he's dealing right. with something, right? Right, that's the point, you know, it's always both, you know, um, and with Trump, <clears throat> when that eclipse hit the moon, which is the Lord of the 12th and Lord sitting in the fourth, um, you know, I, I said, you know, that looks to me like he's going to be moving, you know, so, you know, that's what happened, you know, it just didn't seem like a winning aspect. You know. And then when you tie that in with the country as well, like you do, it's like, it just makes so much sense now in hindsight, of course, everything does, but fourth house being the lungs. And, you know, he got COVID and, you know, him, you know, being a representation of the country, how bad the U.S. got it at that point after that, right? So it's like, it's both, right? He had it personally, but also the country had it in a really bad way. The other thing that happened, I will say that people also forget about that I had been watching was a month before the nodes changed signs and were on his nodes and I mean, on his, you know, basic eclipse that he was born with brother passed away right um and his brother was um he was close to his brother i mean he had a good relationship with his brother actually his brother uh worked in the business with him um you know his brother was somebody i mean you know who um didn't want didn't have the limelight as trump did but he always trump always made sure he had a role in his business mm -hmm. so that 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 was also a big personal loss you know it didn't get like overplayed maybe throughout the world, but I was definitely watching it. So that's another thing with Biden is remember, he has a family. He's got a bunch of brothers and sisters also, you know? So, you know, these are all things that can happen. 
things can it maybe it's a change you know if these are there are changes that take place you know well that's i guess ronnie that's a very nice way of saying Cater and Scorpio that there are changes taking place but let's face it like there are lots of people dying there are bodies piled high in India right now that we are dealing with or even if we're not personally we're, we know somebody who's got sick or dying or and if we don't we see it on the screen and basically it's like this collective trauma like I was saying we're all dealing with at the moment and that is obviously going to continue until K2 gets out of um, Scorpio so that's what, how I want to leave this I guess podcast with some sense of okay where is this going? Because we are, we do, everybody wants to see beyond the uncertainty and see something of some, some ending, or like you say, you do think that it's going to be like incrementally sort of stops and starts until next year, but then by April, they will have moved, right? They'll move out of uh, Taurus and Scorpio. Well, the eclipses and do, and May 16th, it comes, one comes one back. More, right, one, one more, back. more. That's right. again why you think it's a stop start kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. that, that but is, I think, but also I think because we're in such a fixed state right now with these, you know, eclipses, everything is right. fixed. Right. Um, and also other planets and stuff that are happening. I mean, we could talk for hours, but, and also the Jupiter cycle. I mean, I did think last, I mean, because when we had 2008, 2009, you know, again, economic recovery goes along with this. We had fits and starts yeah. with right. that. And then 2010, we were kind of, wow. But even now the market is going crazy you know, the not just the stock market, the real estate market. Right. But, but um, also, that means that Jupiter will obviously, it's going to go back into Capricorn into its fall in the autumn. And therefore what you were talking about with these transits over the, the eclipse degrees, and as well wow. as Jupiter shows that there's going to be some economic challenges, further challenges. And then we go back and then it, I think, recovers. And I think we, we do well in 2000. What was really interesting that I, that I saw, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but basically, Jupiter moves into Pisces the day before or after K2 and, and the mean nodes, K2 and Rahu move out of Taurus and Scorpio. That's in the same 24 hour period in April next year, 2022. So that's at least something. And even if it is the stops and starts, and maybe we're like any virus, I guess, where even if you had personally had a virus yourself, you know that it's kind of like the healing comes in like a healing crisis, right? And I think probably right. the world is going to have to experience that for another. Well, it's also like anything, like even with addiction, you know, you recover, then you have a relapse, then you can get better mm -hmm. again. But there's always, there's always like the, the planets, of course, going direct and retrograde. They're leaving the, they're, they're entering a new sign, but they're not quite in the next sign. They're going retrograde back into the previous sign. And then, you know, they'll. But do you find though that now you're getting to the point where we're over a year in, right? But it's still really, if you think about it in the terms of like historic events, it's still only been a year, let's face it. And you've looked at pandemics in the past and they've been at least a couple of years, not more, right? Do you find that when you're speaking to clients now or anybody, and they're obviously going to ask you, okay, when's it going to end? And you know, when is, when is my life going to get back to normal, quote unquote, right? Do you find like you find yourself trying to sugarcoat something? Or do you find like, you know, are, are you skirting a fine line with that? No, I find it's very interesting because some things you're just reading the way you would read them anyway, um, because some people have lost their jobs and some people have done remarkably well in the pandemic. And some of them have bought houses and sold houses and some people have created something new. You'd be surprised, you know, I mean, because we live in a new world of remote everything. Mm. Um, and of course, it depends on where you're living and who your clientele is. So right. it's, 
it's kind of interesting. I mean, let's say my circle, like my friends and family, we've all done pretty well. You know, no, nobody's lost their job. Nobody got COVID. Well, my, my, my nephew got COVID in the very beginning. He's a doctor and he had, he's young. So he had it like for a week, his girlfriend had it for a week, but they didn't get it like badly. So it really, I think a lot of it depends on your circle, you know, or where you're living. Um, my nephew is a doctor, so he saw it. He saw the horrors of it, you know, last year when it was just the hospitals were just overflowing, you know. So you talk to different people. I'm not a doctor, so I don't have that experience, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I find that a lot of the stuff that I've been doing with readings, it's interesting that it's kind of stayed, you can still do the readings and it, in a way it works. But I think that the couple things are different. So my example to clients is like, let's say you came to me, which you probably did maybe last January, February or something. And it was like, oh, wow, this is a great year to travel. You know what I mean? And then what happens is that, well, it didn't happen. Nobody could travel. So what did you do with all that energy? What did you do with that dasha, those transits, they're still activating that area of the chart, you know? Um, so it has to do something, you know, it has to come out in some other way. This is also what I've seen myself with clients is that actually it's those clients who are in dashas, who are in cycles of travel, of expansion, of growth, and they're locked down that are finding it harder in a way because they're like, you know, they're not able to go anywhere and do anything with all of these things that they want to do, right? So where someone is kind of like on the same page and kind of in retreat mode, it's like, oh, this is great. I'm loving the downtime. You know, I've seen that as well. Right. The thing is, I think that with nodes and the nature of them being eclipses and shadows and uncertain, and we can't see it, like a virus, we can't see it. It's that people just want answers, but you can't give it to them because it's just not knowable. And this is why people look for answers, even if it's not the right answer. Even if you take a grain of truth and everything could be true on some level, but it's that just give me an answer. I don't care whether it's true or not kind of thing almost. Yeah. I think the other interesting thing, I just wanted to say one more event that just happened in the last week. Um, again, like I said, with eclipses, things come to the surface. Um, and it's of course interesting because, you know, Scorpio is, um, has to do with the dead. Um, they found those over 200 bodies of indigenous people. Um, in Kamloops, mm. which was horrific, you know, um, and again, this is like during this eclipse, which is so typical, you know, of, um, of this kind of thing. Um, I also think that, uh, like I said, because the nodes are hitting eclipses the whole year, I mean, it's like these Taurus Scorpio eclipses, it's all like one event flowing into the next. Um, you know, we've had, um, you know, in this country, um, Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd and all that. But what I'm saying is that a lot of the awful things that have happened, um, and of course this is life in general, maybe this is a good place to end. I mean, for every horrible thing that happens, you have to find some kind of healing from it. You have to find something positive from it. Otherwise you might as well just close up your door and just, you know, not live your life, you know? So in, in, in the scheme of things and in, you know, all the awful things that have happened in one's lifetime, you know, there has to be something um, positive that comes out of it, you know, or some change, you know, and, and I think that that's, um, I mean, you have to, otherwise, 
you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you have to, I mean, you don't have, I mean, there are people that have been really very affected by the lockdowns and pandemics and, you know, anybody who has, you know, unfortunately self-destructive or suicidal tendencies, you know, that might've gotten even worse. But, you know, I think that if you are, if you can be an optimist, um, you know, that's the way to go. Um, you know, and all these events, like one after another, you have to find, I think, that part of it, you know, that um, will really be good. And I think the other thing is that, like, also when you're dealing with Jupiter, you know, I mean, we've been talking so much about the heaviness of everything, but, you know, when you talk about Jupiter and you talk about the cycles of Jupiter, you know, especially when the nodes leave Taurus Scorpio, Jupiter goes into Aquarius. Well, it's going to go there fairly quickly. I mean, it'll be there, um, you know, in November. It'll go there till like next April. But um, then it's going to be in a nice aspect um, to where the nodes are going to be in March are going to go into Aries Libra. So, I mean, there are some things that you can sort of look at and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of put into perspective. I mean, Jupiter was in Capricorn, the nodes were in Taurus, Scorpio, so it was still forming a trine. You know, so it's not all terrible, terrible that everything is locked up. You can always find these pockets of aspects that are illuminating, you know, um, the planets as well as, you know, obstructing them, I think. You know. Right, right. And I guess that that's a good place to leave it. Like you say, it's like we have that those pockets and we also have the other side, like you said, the healing that is possible. And um, after all of this has been brought up, I think uh, our listeners would really appreciate it. And yeah, I appreciate it so because much. as you talk to me, then my wheels start spinning and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't look at it that way. And, you know, the interesting thing, of course, with, you know, the virus and the nodes, really, that is so, that's why I think the nodes and the virus and the eclipses really are so connected because of that idea of shadowy things and, you know, mm -hmm. not knowing what's happening. But, right, right. you know, I appreciate talking to you because, like I said, it, it gets my wheels spinning and I start thinking about things. You know? Yeah, and this is well, and likewise, this is why I asked you on, <laughs> because it gets me thinking as well more about these things. So tell me, um, where where do people go and find more about you? Oh, and what, yeah. Are you doing anything new this year? Because I know it's all obviously lockdowns, but I think you are doing conferences and stuff. You, uh, you know, I mean, RonnieDryer.com is my website and there's information there and you can sign up for my newsletter, which I send out once a month, twice a month sometime these days because of so many things happening can't write about everything at once um and that's where you find everything i mean it needs a very good workout i mean that website needs complete renovation but you know everything is slow um and uh yeah and then i'm you know i mean i talk i give classes you know i have an ongoing group and i must say because of the pandemic my class was really successful this year because people were home. They were, you know, busy. They wanted information, you know, and they weren't going out. So that went really well. Um, and uh, I've got a lot of books in the, you know, I've, I'm working on a couple different things. I'm also working with a group trying to do some translating from the Sanskrit uh, text that is uh, not done in English called Vrida Yavanajataka. And, um, I'm hoping to make more, you know, headway with that. It's it's nice. I'm working with Sanskrit scholars, and I am not a Sanskrit scholar. So for me, it's like been really great working. You you have studied Sanskrit. 
Well, I have an MA, you know, which is not a PhD, you know, I mean, and yeah, my Sanskrit is okay, but it's, you know, it has to keep, I have to keep working at it. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think that, I think some of the people I'm working with, you know, they need me more for the actual astrological knowledge, because a lot of these people are not practitioners, you know, mm -hmm. they're taking texts and they're translating. So mm -hmm. I can look at them and say, hey, wait a minute, you're translating something literal, but it really means this, you know, because that's how it's applied. Um, right. Yeah, so I think that's kind of how it goes. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm always talking, you know, people are always inviting me to conferences. And so it'll be on my website, the more of them that I participate in. Um, I think a lot of people are getting a little bit Zoom fatigue. <laughs> I'm getting Zoom fatigue myself. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know I hear you. Well, not me, because I'm an introvert. Yeah, I'm, you're an introvert. So, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> you're an extrovert, okay. For me, it's great because I get to see I and talk to people, but I'm at home. Perfect. Right. Best of both worlds. Because I actually am quite social for an introvert. So this actually is a quite, <laughs> it's quite a good way for me to connect with people. But then I, I'm just, I just need to turn off the computer and then I'm at home. So it's great. Yeah. Anyway, it's, great. it's been great talking to you, Ronnie, again. Too, Gary. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember, you can get more information on Ronnie at RonnieDreyer.com. That's R-O-N-N-I-E-D-R-E-Y-E-R, RonnieDreyer.com. My own website here is TimelineAstrology.com. And you can also sign up as a patron on the Timeline Astrology website. You can also go to Patreon.com forward slash Timeline Astrology. I write daily in-depth reports for patrons as well as monthly forecasts and video horoscopes. So check it out. That's TimelineAstrology.com. Once again, thank you for listening to the podcast and until next time.